another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. I wanted to share to our church just around the season that we're in, as we know, there's a lot of instability. And uh, I think most of us are very much aware uh, that uh, there is literally a public health emergency that's touching the globe, the world in which we live, the coronavirus. And uh, I just want to personally assure everyone that's a part of life that we are going to every measure to provide a safe and a great environment for God's people. I don't think we need to fear. I don't think we need to be, uh, in a sense, anxious about what is taking place. In fact, in Australia and New Zealand, we're relatively in a secure place compared to some nations in the world. But every Sunday event, every youth, every child uh, activity that we're having as a church, we're going to extra precautions. And uh, again, we are staying very close in contact with the Ministry of Health and just allowing them in their relevancy, which they have, and their ability to be trusted in the decisions they're making to underscore everything that they're saying. I I think we need to honour the officials of each of the nations in a very tangible way and say, we are here to pray for you, support you, and whatever you feel is best for us, we're going to buy into that. And uh, just be vigilant about everything that we're doing, even though New Zealand particularly remains in a low-risk state. But currently, there is review going on around the meeting in public forums. And so, you know, as a church, what we will be doing is emailing everybody in Melbourne, everybody here, again, throughout Auckland, that are a part of life this week, once we hear what the government has decided for us to come together. It's my view that there will still be meetings that are of a certain size, and we can work with that and be able to do that. But I would encourage everybody, again, here in New Zealand or in Australia, if you're not sure that we got your email, make sure you fill one of these in tonight. Just fill it in and drop it into a drop box on your way out so that we can make contact with you and uh, we can let you know exactly what next Sunday is going to look like if we have to run more multiple services in some of the locations. Obviously, there is a great resource that we've always got, which is Church Online. Many of you are joining us online. I still believe that when we can come together and bring a spirit of hope, there is something that comes with that. And so don't fear it. Don't take just the easiest option, but go, you know what? We're going to be led and we're just going to take every day as it comes. And I want us as a church to be totally encouraged to be praying for our world. We've already done it tonight, but let's pray for the leaders across the globe as they make a decision. No matter how you see other leaders, it was so great to me anyway to have the uh, president or uh, yeah, of uh, the United States calling it a day of prayer tomorrow for their nation. And we need to believe that prayer will change things and God will step in and make a pathway in this time where there is confusion and there will be protection. You know, one of the things I would encourage everybody to do is pick up Psalm 91 this week and just find yourself reading it and meditating because it's so powerful. It says, the one that dwells, everyone that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide, listen to this, under the shadow of the Almighty. And I love that. And I will say of the Lord that He is my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. In Him I will trust. And when you enter into that wonderful truth of God's Word, what the enemy is trying to label you with or surround you with, it just dissipates with a sense that I've got God for me and not against me. So I think we should pray. Come on, can we do that? Father, we thank You tonight for Your wisdom. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You that in every season, 
You're our constant. You're our go-to. You're the one that we live for. And we just pray tonight that as we come to Your Word, that we'll be encouraged and strengthened in the Name of Jesus. Amen. You know, it's so great tonight to be connected with Riviera Christian Centre, the People's Church, and pastors Shannon and Bex. We so love you. And uh, obviously, I feel gutted that we can't be with you because the reality is your nation and our nation won't allow that. But I felt tonight that if you're in church, God's got a word for you. In fact, uh, we are in the season here at Life where we're sharing around the wonder and the challenge of hope. This year, I believe that God is wanting each one of us to redefine and realign our faith. Literally, to be in a place where we're going to gain an understanding of the authority of what happens when you live by faith. What does that look like? What does that mean? What are the challenges to be in that space? That our life would literally have the authority of faith to move mountains and to bring the impossible into a focus and make it possible. And I've come to realize that for that to happen, there is a forerunner to faith. And it is around this thought of our active hope. And uh, I want to talk again tonight on this thought of now hope. Hope is always in the now. Hope is every day activated. It's not just something that you kind of sign off and you have. No, it's greater than that. And the Apostle Paul, he writes these words. He says, we see as a human, Our capacity of foresight, we see like in a mirror that's dim. In fact, there will come a day where all of the human restraints will be removed and we will see then face to face. He said, we know in part, but there is coming a day when we will know everything just as we are known. And if you know the Bible, you know that God understands our ups, our downs. He sees our failures, our victories. He sees every idle word. He sees every hair on your head. He sees every pain of a heart. He sees everything about us. But God says, no, you've got to realise through Paul that you're human now. And so the enemy is going to play on your inability to see beyond your humanity. But I want to encourage you. Now there are three things that abide and remain. They are faith, they are hope, and they are love. These three, the greatest of these is love. And I believe that we need to gain a revelation. If we're going to be people of hope in times where we can be robbed of hope, and if we don't activate hope, we don't have the breakthrough of faith. Then we have to understand what God is saying. God's saying, you realize that God loves you. So many people I talk to that I meet for the first time, they find out what I do and I say, you should come sometime. Oh, I wouldn't want to go in. The walls of the church would fall down. I go, no, there's a Father in heaven that loves you right now. Maybe you feel shame because of your failure. Maybe you're in church tonight over in Melbourne or one of the Auckland campuses there in the Riviera and you're just going, you know what? I don't know if I'll ever be good enough for God. God says, you know what? You're my child. You may have never been in church. You may have stuffed up a million times, but you're my child and I love you. And that love gives you a foundation to stand up in. It's not like, well, I've got it all right. No, you're a human. I needed to die on the cross for your weakness, but I love you. And love abides. Not only does love abide, but faith is what produces or God's Word produces in the supernatural. The enemy knows God's formula. That if we accept that God loves us and we begin to go to God's Word, we're going to have faith that's going to come into our heart. And that faith is going to break open what generations couldn't break open. Come on, somebody. 
Get with me. It's like in Victoria, God is going to do something powerful. Here in New Zealand, God is going to do something powerful. There may be a shaking in their world, but I'm going to tell you tonight, God's going to use it for His glory. God's going to teach us that there is a God we can trust. There is a God that can step in when we can't walk anymore. There's a God that sets a foundation of love and He causes us through the inspiration and the revelation of His Word to literally take hold and take back the territory that the enemy's taken from us. But you know what I never understood is that there is a third part of the equation. Love, faith, but there's hope. And nobody ever taught me in my years in church that hope was my responsibility. I thought I'd get hope on an altar call. I'd get an encouragement on an altar call. But faith is in the now. Faith is something that we've got to kind of shake up. Let me put it another way. Love is the foundation. Faith is the fruit, but hope is the flow. Kind of hope is what's going to release your life into momentum because it's the conduit that links the foundation to the possibility. I call it the umbilical cord. It's it's what links the the, the lifeblood of the mother into this unborn child causes development, blood supply and flow and it's powerful. But this thought tonight, I want to stir you that when people are giving up and feeling like, wow, I don't know where to go from here, you got to stir up hope. Hope is what shifts. And so the enemy knows that. And so he attacks and he wants to literally squash our hope you know, I was thinking today, and I mentioned it, that if I could draw a picture possibly that I would say is, here's your life. This is you. Put it in a box tonight. There are two forces at work over your life. There is a force that comes from the enemy. And the enemy wants you to succumb to fear. And yet God, when you allow God to get into your world, Not just religion, you'll find there is another force that comes your way, which comes from God, who loves you, who has His Word for you. And He brings to you faith. And that faith is what takes the ground off the enemy. And so when you begin to look at that, it's kind of like I meet people and they say, well, you know what, i got a belief in God. I say, yeah, well, to be honest, if I feel like I can say it, I say even demons believe there is a God. So you can have a belief, you can have a religious background, but God's looking at your world and the enemy wants to take advantage, so he's going to use fear. God wants to release faith. And so he'll do that when you understand you're loved and you're in God's Word and you are perpetually stirring up hope. So the question is, what's the equation currently? Is it 20% faith, 80% fear? Is it like, well, I just know that I can trust God. I I know that God is for me. I know that God's presence, I've experienced it. And so, you know what I mean? As I read God's Word, it kind of causes me to go from 20 to 35 or 40%. But it still leaves a cavity which the enemy can work. And there are a lot of Christians that right now are going, oh, freak out. Whereas I'm going, no, God's in control. Yeah, we got to be diligent. And yes, we need to realise, but... What we need to release that faith is now hope. And we need to stir up in our confession and in our understanding that we've got a God. None of this is taking God by surprise. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 27 verse 13, 
I would have lost heart unless I had believed. <laughs> You're very quiet tonight. Thank God we've got the Riviera Christian Centre online. It's kind of like I would have lost heart unless I had believed. Not Pastor Paul believed for me. Not just my past, but I would have believed. I would have lost heart unless I would have believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Well, as I, last time I checked out, I'm still living. So, so where are you on the equation? We give way to fear. And fear is always attacking, wanting to. I've got no rubber out of it and that's not gonna work. It wants to blur. <laughs> the fact of faith, but as we come again into the wonder of God's presence, come on, those blurred lines become to strengthen. And as we grow in God, we move it forward. And the enemy's saying, watch out. We, we're gonna stop this faith because it won't be long and there'll be supernatural miracles everywhere happening in God's kids. And we want to live under a canopy of loss and lack and hopelessness. Whoa, I'm getting stirred up. No good coming to church on Sunday night. I'm all watered up and oiled up and ready to go. And now hope we learn is activated hope. You've got to personally activate hope. Well, Paul, it's all right for you. You always say, no, I've got to activate hope. And I love this verse. Get it into your spirit. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you. Well, I'm better than most. No. Bing back. You're only at 20%. Let him fill you. When you're filled, let him fill you again. And when he's filled you again, let him fill you again. Until the enemy begins to say, no good trying on that space. These people have realised there are three things that remain. They are faith, hope and love. And they're stirring up that love and they're making a shift. And I, I, wanna, I want you to know that the enemy doesn't want you to be a man or a woman of faith. And he's going to start by taking hope from you. It's kind of like even in our culture sometimes in New Zealand, I'm not sure if it's as bad in Australia, but there's a little bit of it. It's kind of like if you are hope and you're running over with hope, it's like, well, who the heck are you? Well, what are you on? Or who do you think you are? I'm just on God and He's the God that's full of hope and He's filling me up to become a person that's gonna fill with that hope because when I get filled with hope, there is joy and peace and I learn to trust Him and I learn to say in the middle of the storm, it won't take me out. There is the power of hope. Wow, I've got to get on the message. So last time I spoke, I spoke about activated hope. Tonight, I want to talk about limiters of hope. There are things that are going to limit our hope in our humanity that we need to understand. The first is when human clarity questions sovereignty. See, we're, we're taught to work everything out in our brain. Unfortunately, our brains cannot comprehend God. That's why we've said we see through a mirror darkly. There is no way our finiteness has got a capacity in its naturalness to see the way that God wants us to see. And so our limited natural perspective holds us back. And God wants us to never surrender the sovereignty of God according to what we see. So we can't work out why things happen at times and we all go through life that is not easy and it's like, well, why doesn't God, if God was really that strong, He would have stepped in. God is not gonna micromanage our humanity. He won the game at Calvary. 
And he's going to show up again in sometime soon. And he's going to declare that all authority has always been with him. And tonight, I believe that some of us are struggling because it's like, well, I just can't work out why that happened. So therefore, I'm not going to trust God. And the enemy's got you in his hands. I love to fish, go on the water. Some of the, the keys to fishing, particularly here in New Zealand, is to find the workup. So workup is where the dolphins are bringing together all the bait fish, rounding them up, and then the gannets, the bird sees the birds see these weight, um, work up, or sorry, the bait fish coming together. So they bomb dive these poor little fish and they get their feed and then they get broken up. They are half there and half eaten and that sort of drops down and snap and no, the sound of birds hitting the water and the sound of dolphins swimming quickly is a food calling time. So when you go out fishing and it's the season particularly for workups, but they happen periodically throughout the year. If you want to be good at fishing and it's not working where you are, you need binoculars. And you look through the binoculars at the horizon to see if there are birds in the air because you can't see dolphins at the same level that you're on. But as you see the birds in the air, you go, wow, that's where we need to go because something is happening. Some of us tonight need to realise that if we're going to stir up and live in a now hope, we're going to stop the limitation of having to work out everything naturally and put on God's binoculars and begin to say, the God that began this will work it all out. And yet He told us that we won't be able to work it all out in our humanity. And so it's not wrong to ask a question, but I'm not lowering His sovereignty, His ability to be trusted to my humanity. So if you've been hurt, if you've gone through things, maybe faced premature death in somebody, You've had people that have done the dirty on you. You've done the dirty on yourself. I want you to put on binoculars tonight. And I want you to see that there's a Father that will always love you. A Father that wants you to break through in faith beyond circumstantial evidence and not allow your need for clarity to become the basis of who you are. See, we attach our faith to outcomes rather than attach our faith to the giver of outcomes. And so I've got to settle. There are some things I've wanted that won't happen, things that happen I can't explain, but I'm not going to lower God to my ability of clarity. Sir Wilfred Greenfell, he's a medical missionary. He was in Labrador. And he found himself through a set of circumstances actually on an ice floe. And he was headed out to sea. The only thing that he had with him was his dogs. And his account goes that he, for sake of dying of the cold, actually had to take the life of his dogs and he made a coat for himself out of the skin of the dogs, wrapped himself up. And then he basically just lay there on the ice. He put a flag up. He made it out of some clothing, I believe. He laid down, went to sleep later. He said once he was saved, when somebody asked him the question, what did you have? How did it feel? He said this, there was nothing to fear because I had done everything that I could. The rest lay in God's hands. Come on, some of you need to hear that. If you've done everything you can do, leave it to God. Yeah, but I want to work it all out. You can't work it all out. And if you try to work it out, that umbilical cord of hope is going to be constricted. In fact, the boa constrictors for many years, they were believed to kill their prey by asphyxiation, which is stopping the oxygen flow. 2015, they discovered that that's not how they kill their prey. They kill their prey by squeezing the veins or the arteries of the enemy, animal because instantly they die. You know, there's an enemy that wants to stop the blood flow. 
Because again, redemption is in the blood. Forgiveness is in the blood. It's the blood of Jesus that once you're born again, becomes who you are. You take on the DNA of the God in heaven that, and he wants to squeeze it. And tonight, some of us are going to say, rattle off, rattlesnake. Come on, boa constrictor. There's no more constricting around this home here. I'm going to be a man or a woman of hope, now hope. I'm going to stir up hope. I'm even going to get so excited about the preaching tonight. I'm going to be louder than everybody else around me. I'm going to start stirring them up, not sleeping in my seat. That's it, Riviera, Melbourne, North, South. Come on, it's like God is just stirring us up to go, come on, it's time to say, devil, you're not going to have the last say. Abraham, he's 100. He's been waiting for God to move for 100 years. But he's still in church. He's still believing God. It's like, well, God didn't turn up. I prayed last week and it still hasn't happened. What's the point? 100 years. His wife, she's past it. She's 90. She's gone. They've been believing for a baby and she is saying, there's no way. Well, I love verse 18 of Romans 4. Abraham, who contrary to hope and hope believed. Basically, he kept saying to Sarah, come on. It's time for a date. (laughs) Contrary to all evidence of hope. Stirred up hope. Come on, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. Where where we go to study this week, where we go to work. Come on, let's be hope carriers. It's not like we're not dealing with the realities. Let's be real with that. But contrary to hope and hope believed. Being fully convinced, verse 21, that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Take some time this week and say, God, sorry for lowering you down to my level of clarity. You're the God that created the universe. You're the God that's always been there. The little illustration of the baseball in America and it was a little league baseball game that was taking place one afternoon and a spectator walked up to one of the boys in the dugout and said, what's the score? And the boy responded, actually, we're 18 to nothing down. Boy said the spectator, I bet you're discouraged. He said, why would I be discouraged? We haven't even got up to bat yet. Come on, Christian, why are you discouraged? You've still got life in your veins. You've got a God that's backing you, that loves you, a God that if you take him for his word, will cause faith to come in you. It's kind of like I'm in the best days of my life. Oh, I might be in a tough time, but I'm not going to allow the darkness to overshadow me. I'm going to allow El Shaddai to overshadow me. I'm going to be in a place where God is going to take me to new levels. Hebrews 6, 18, so it is impossible, listen to this, impossible for God to lie. If that's true, then why don't we take God at his word? Well, we can't see it. Well, don't reduce sovereignty to clarity. Settle it tonight. Some of us need to settle it. You know, I've been second guessing God. I know it's impossible for God to lie. If God could lie, he's not God. Let's all walk away. We know that his promise and his vow will never change. Because we know that we run into his heart and we hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find strength and comfort for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time and unshakable hope. See, hope is not hope if you can believe it. Hope is what when you can't see it, 
you stand and believe with it. And I want to encourage everyone tonight, and again, what an honor to be speaking to so many of the different campuses and just to say, you know, tonight could be a shift night. If, if you would stop looking for human clarity and positioning that over sovereignty. The second thing is when we lack a hope-filled environment. You know, when there's shaking, when you go through something personally or you're disillusioned about something, it's so easy to allow fear to come into your life and come questions. And, and so you allow an environment that's not the best environment to begin to shape who you are. A lot of people are talking, well, it just feels hopeless. No, hopeless comes from hopeless. And so we've got to engage in environments that are going to build our hope. That's why, again, if the coronavirus takes us to a point, yeah, it may end up that in the worst case scenario, then we would just be watching service online. But even if we were to do that, I would say we'd be doing that in groups because we need people that look us in the eye and bring the Spirit of God into us. We, we need people that lift us beyond. It's like, well, Pastor, you don't realise the pain I'm in, so I, I just can't handle the crowds. I, I, just, I don't want to be where everybody else is be. Well, why don't you just live in the poverty of your spirit a little longer? And I'm not being harsh. I'm just saying, come on, you need to step in when you don't feel like it to an environment. If you've got no hope, get hope around you. And if we have a church where you go away more depressed than when you came, I'm out of here. You might have a depressing individual sitting next to you tonight, but that's not the end of the story. Look down the row. <laughs> come on, look around. We started the church 28 years ago here in New Zealand. <laughs> Four times I went back to our mothership in Australia. Every time I realised I was succumbing to the Kiwi mindset of the day. Oh, don't believe for too much. Who do you think you are? Don't stay too positive. Nobody can be that positive. It's kind of like, well, God can. Come on, are you living in Hopefield? Well, I get to church once a month. Well, why don't you just open the door to fear? All right, I told you Sunday night I'm going all out. It's like, well, you don't understand. You know, some of my best friends, they're just cynical. Well, if you want to become cynical, keep them. I'm not saying you're looking for perfect people. I'm just saying whatever your environment is, if you live in, I will go into any environment to bring hope. But I am not going to dwell in environments that don't have hope that's going to lift my hope. And so let's actually sign that off tonight and go, no, you know what? I'm going to look at my life and things that take the lifeblood out of me, I'm not going to live there. I'm going to be in a place where I'm going to come alive because people are going to speak into me. They're going to look in my eyes and say, you know what? You don't feel like you can, but you can. Because I felt like that and I, somebody else said to me, you can. So I got up and I had another go and I didn't allow the limitation of my now to stop me. I brought hope into my now. And I opened up that umbilical cord and I got the blood flowing again. So faith again was being recreated. Jeremiah 17, 5, thus says the Lord. We don't like these sort of scriptures, but it's Bible. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the human. Wow. Who trusts in man. That's, well, I can do it on my own. Very, thank you very much. Cursed will become the man who trusts in a man makes flesh his strength whose heart departs from the Lord, he'll end up like a shrub in the desert. He won't even see when the good comes. 
but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Listen to verse 7. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He shall be like a tree that's planted by the waters, spreads out its roots by the river, will not fear when heat comes. Right now we're in global heat. Where's the faith fear equation? It's like, well, this could all happen. Well, I'm not living of what can happen. We're just going to deal every day. Bring love, hope, and faith to it. We'll not fear when the heat comes, but this leaf will be green, not be anxious in the year of drought. We're going to pray tonight for anxiety in a few minutes. Nor will cease from yielding fruit. The enemy's trying to squeeze the conduit of hope. He'll use the weapon of isolation. I don't know if you've ever seen the the program, My 600-Pound Life. There's an Iranian doctor, and why don't the teams come and join me, but an Iranian doctor that helping excessively overweight patients. See, when when you're of 600 pounds, you are at death's door. And they look to do this gastric surgery where they can reduce the stomach so that it can help with weight loss, but until you get into control of your life, they can't do it. And so again, you come to the doctor and the doctor says, stand on the scales. Well, you already know it's not good, but you don't want the reality to hit you. And so you stand on the scales and it's like, yeah, well, for you, you're going to have to lose 100 pounds in the next three months. Here's the diet. Oh, well, I can do that at home. Well, you can go home, but if you don't do it at home, you'll have to come to the hospital where we regulate. And it's an amazing thing because many of them can't break the habit even though they believe they are going to one day. And so the appointment for the doctor comes up and they need to go and they know that they've skipped stages. Well, what does the doctor do? I want you to first go on the scales before we talk. Stand on the scales and they didn't lose 100 pounds. They didn't even lose, some of them, nothing. They gained weight. Yeah, but doctor, I did what you said. And this is, his name, nickname is Dr. Now. Because no, scales don't lie. Your problem is that you believe it's gonna change, but you're in an environment where there is no change. Because you've got people around you, people that love you, and you can manipulate them to give you what you think you need rather than go, no, I love you and I don't want to see you die. So I'm going to say, hey, stop it. And I'm not bringing no matter what guilt trip you put on me because one day you're going to have to stand on the scales and the scales don't lie. And I pray that we're going to be part of a generation that are not judgment on anyone, but we're here to go, you know what? You get in the right environment. And you're gonna have people that love you enough to say, no, that's not happening, not on my watch. You're not gonna go into that place of depression forever. No, I don't even believe that you need to stay there no matter what medical people say. You get the power of a resurrected Christ and you can reform your thinking and you can break the stronghold of the past. And I don't actually care how many little emails I get on the subject. Because I'm telling you, yes, there is medical illness, but there is a pathway out. We need to get in environments that don't just bland into what the world thinks. It's kind of like, no, you are loved. You have a God of supernatural power and authority and faith if you're just hanging on to hope. So the enemy says, isolate. 
Well, I'm so vulnerable. I don't, I don't want to be in a large environment. You need hope-filled environment. And the final thought is that a limiter of hope is what I call when we fail to be wrapped in truth. You know, my observation is Christians that have a belief but don't saturate themselves in God's Word struggle with hope. Oh yeah, but I I loved your message. Gave you five out of 10 today. That's cool. It's not gonna be enough even if you gave it 10 out of 10 to feed you all week. What are you wrapping yourself in? Oh yeah, but we're in a different day today. God's Word, you know, was written a long time ago. No, Thy Word is a lamp to my feet. Come on, I'm gonna keep preaching this until God takes me home. In our camp, it's God's Word, whether it fits society or it doesn't fit. If God said it, God knows why He said it. And if it doesn't fit my worldview, come on, we have to believe that God's Word brings a release and an infusion of hope when we cultivate a biblical perspective. There was a missionary in Burma. His name was Judson and he was taken by the authorities, put in jail, they put 32 pounds of chains around his feet. They tied him to a bamboo pole and one of the cynical prisoners who was in there with Judson said, Dr. Judson, you talk about the prospect of conversion of the heathen. (laughs) What's your view of it right now? This is what he said. He said, the prospects are just as bright as the promises of God. Look at me. Doesn't matter what country we're in. Doesn't matter what season we're going through. The prospects are as bright as the promise of God. Maybe tonight it's like God saying, you you just got to stop filling yourself with all the garbage. Start getting your heart and your mind into the Word of God. You know, Paul writes, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, it's no big deal. Let me put it, paraphrase it. When we go through death, we don't allow our misunderstanding of death, our limited view to crush us. No, we realise, we know we have a revelation by God's Word that we are not in this place. We have a building from God. I think death is one of the biggest things that crush hope. It's like, well, why did that happen? You know, as I said, God doesn't micromanage. God meets us and takes us through every valley. His goal is what we were created for, which is for His presence. We walk by faith, not by sight. I want to encourage you tonight. You start wrapping your mind and your heart around with God's Word, you're going to start to elevate your life. Hope is going to ooze of you. When you get squashed or squeezed by something you didn't expect, hope's going to come out. It's like, well, God, I can trust you because you're God. I settled that as a teenager, so I've stopped questioning you a long time ago. I feel the pain. I feel the tendency to allow fear to creep in. But as I build my faith, then fear doesn't have the room. Come on, let's be a church. The people's church, Riviera. Let's be a church that goes deep into God's Word. It's not living by what we feel. It's living by what God says. When you get the blueprint right from the Creator, peace, joy, presence, hope, love, faith, begins to fill you anxiety 
doubt, questioning that has no answer attached to it, begins to dissipate. Joshua was asked by Moses, go and spy out the land that God said we could have. Joshua replies, says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh to Barnea to explore the promised land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions, which was a good report, hope-filled report. But my fellow Israelites, others that came with me, went up with me, made the hearts of the people melt with fear. Sometimes I think we're guilty in the church of not being the salt and the light of the world, but we're actually causing hearts to fear that shouldn't fear around us. We're the beacons of hope in a society that doesn't know what it is to have hope. But Joshua said, I, however, I followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly, all in. Isaiah 40, 31, for those who hope in the Lord, stir it up. What will they do? They'll renew their strength. They will soar on the wings of a kiwi. No, we're not called to scrounge through eating ants. We're here to flap our wings in the magnificent form of an eagle, the bird that takes the sky. And even humanity are in awe of the wonder of their splendour. We'll soar on wings like eagles. We'll run and not grow weary. We'll walk and not faint. We're not gonna live subject to fear, but we are literally proponents of a faith that has the authority of heaven. Psalm 91, you who sit down, ask yourself, are you one of these? In the high, God's presence will spend the night seasons in Shaddai's shadow. In the tough times, you'll know what it is to have the shadow of the Almighty. Says this God, You're my refuge. I'll trust in you. I'm safe. That's right. It's He who rescues you from hidden traps and He shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing. Not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others should come all around, they begin to drop like flies right and left. No harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched. Watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn up into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge. The high God, your very own home. Evil can't come close to you. Evil can't get even through the door. He ordered the angels to guard you wherever you go. Father, tonight we we stop in a world that's shaking. Maybe our own lives are shaking. God, we choose to trust the Almighty God. We choose to put you first. In the name of Jesus. Amen. this podcast from life if you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message visit lifeau.org